All right. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. And it is uh, it is a, a very interesting day right now to be a Pacers fan. I'm recording this on when no Thursday, July 14th, and uh, the Pacers have offered a max contract to DeAndre Ayton. Um, and so that's been in the news, kind of like the rumors, if you follow that, uh, over the past like week or so. And then that broke today. So I want to get my initial thoughts about that, you know, in this episode. But then I was also kind of sitting on an episode that I was ready to do. So I don't have a ton of eight and stuff. Uh, and obviously, like, we don't know for sure if it's going to go through yet or not. But um, I want to hit on some, some uh, summer league stuff, some of the other roster transactions the Pacers have done. And, uh, yeah, and we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. But, uh, yeah, it's good to... Uh, it's good to get it's good to get going in here, and uh, it's a very very juicy topic to think about DeAndre Ayton coming over to the Pacers. I that would be if you would have told me that we were gonna get Matherin and DeAndre Ayton, especially if they get if the Pacers get him without having to give up anything and they just sign him in, and we still have Miles Turner and stuff. Even though I, ideally I I don't want Miles Turner around anymore. I, I don't think, especially if we're getting Ayton. Um, but that, that, I mean, just, uh, you know, not even just eight and alone, you know, getting a guy like that to pair with Tyrese Halliburton, that that was a possibility this year. I would have just been like, sign me up for that right away. Um, it completely like speeds up this rebuild retool thing. You got a couple guys who are eight and about to get into like his, you know, his, his probably best five years of his career are right ahead of him in, in these next five years from 23, which he is now almost 24, you know, to be in 28 or, or whatever. And who knows? I don't know. He might be able to extend his career. I don't, I don't know what kind of eight, what kind of player DeAndre Ayton could eventually, you know, end up being. But, um, you know, just like when I heard the news, I, I basically was thinking I like the move by the Pacers to be aggressive and just you know, put it out there, and just say, "Hey, we're not we're not going to wait around anymore." Um, put it out there and make Phoenix act. And anytime that I think you can, if you're the Pacers, if you can get talent like DeAndre Aiden, you know, you got it. You got to go for it. And one thing you know that you wonder is, uh, does Aiden want to come to Indiana? Well, there was uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. One of his reports after this after this news was saying like that Aiden was looking forward to playing with Tyrese Halliburton or something. So I, I don't I think he's open. I think he's open to it. I think he'd be happy. I don't think he would be like pissed that he was coming to Indiana. Um. So yeah, it's like ideally I don't know like you know I guess and this comes to the meat of my thoughts on on Aiden is like it sounds really good right now and I think it's a huge upgrade and it makes things really fun for next year. And there's a ton of stuff to get excited about. And if they end up getting Aiden on the team, like, that's the way we're going. But part of me just wonders, you know, is, is, is it just rushing things just a little bit? Like, do we, and it, just because it's Aiden, the kind of guy that we want to invest max money into, especially knowing that we're going to do that with Tyrese, best case scenario. And then I think you're hoping that Benedict Mathern turns into that as well. 
Uh, and I don't know if, if, if the finances work where you can, you know, you can have Aiton and Tyrese and then also Matherin, you know, if all things go well, that you'd have those three players and, you know, call it six years. And could you have all three of those guys on a max? Like, I don't know how that would work. But so if that impedes the ability for the Pacers to run with um, Halliburton and Matherin, then I'm just cautious of it because I just I'm excited about the draft pick that we just had and how that fits with Halliburton. So I don't know. That's just the kind of the negative side of it. Um, and then also, like, why is Phoenix so reluctant not to pay him? Or why didn't they want to do it? And especially if they just let him go for nothing and they don't sign him back. Um, but I don't know. I think I, I don't know a ton about DeAndre Ayton. That's the other thing. Um, I Today, I was just kind of going through some YouTube clips of him. You know, he definitely is, uh, would be a huge upgrade at center for us. And his size is, is very imposing. And he's, uh, you know, really good at getting to the basket off the pick and roll. I think he, you know, it, it's like with Halliburton, it would be awesome to give him a weapon like that. Um, but, yeah, I just wonder, you know, is he, the, is he the best foundational piece to pair along with Halliburton and Matherin? And maybe he is. You know, like being a number one draft pick, putting up the numbers he did on a team that was as good as the Suns were. Like he has the pedigree says, hell yes, get DeAndre Aiden, make it like make it work. You get Aiden and Halliburton, you run with that. Hopefully Matherin is maybe Matherin can leave both of those guys. I think there's still a world out there where that could happen. Um, so I don't know. I like we'll just have to we'll have to see with with Aiden. The, the Pacers made the offer to him and apparently he's going to sign it. Four years, $133 million. So that basically puts Aiton at, um, let's see, that'd be like 30, basically like $34 million a year, $33 million a year. Um, I think the next highest pacer is like Buddy Heald at 21 or something like that. Uh, so yeah, Aiton would be top dog. Um, oh, I, I don't think, I, I, one other thing I noticed when I was watching YouTube was I, I, what I was really looking for is I, I want to know, like, what is this guy like, like his, uh, you know, personality or uh, how does he carry himself or whatever. And the only thing I just I stumbled into, I was looking like I love these documentaries of the players because you like the, I talked about the uh, maybe a podcast or two ago about the one that's on Tyrese Halliburton and how just getting to see what those guys are like kind of just off the court. Then you kind of have a, an appreciation for, for their journey and you and you want to see it succeed and stuff. Um, but the, but I just, the only thing I could find with Aiton was this like eight or nine minute interview that he did with, I think it was GQ magazine. And it was like, you know, what are things like, what are your essentials that you need? So he's just like going over his stuff and whatever. He likes jewelry. He likes cars. He's a fancy guy. Um, you know, that's fine. Like I, I you spend your money, however you want to spend your money. Um, but I don't know, just like, you just, you just, I don't even know really what I'm trying to get at that. Maybe I'm trying to say that, if, uh, like maybe he's got a really big person that like, we don't know what his personality's like and how does that fit, you know, alongside Matherin and Halliburton and like, do these three gel? But then maybe also when you're trying to build the championship team, it doesn't like, you just, 
the winning is what gels it, and you can have all sorts of different types of characters. That's probably more likely the case. Um, so anyways, I'm sure there'll be some, you know, if, if the DeAndre Ayton signing ends up happening and, um, yeah, there'll, there'll, be, there'll be future talk about that. But now I want to get into just kind of like back it up, like basically like yesterday, kind of how things were going in Pacerland. Um, you know, before I get into Summer League, the Pacers made some moves uh, since the last time I had a pod. And uh, I think the best move, the, um, kind of the, I, I think, you know, outside of getting Matherin in the draft and, and the draft that the Pacers had, uh, signing Jalen Smith was like so awesome. I mean, Jalen Smith is, you know, he, is, you know, he played 22, 24 games with the Pacers last year. And, you know, he, he has a lot of, he has a lot of upside with that size at 6'10", his mobility, his ability to block shots, um, as he, you know, like, um, his ability to shoot the three was nice. He showed that. He's a hell of a rebounder. Um, Pacers signed him three years, 15 mil. They couldn't offer him a ton of money. That's all they could offer him, and they, that's what they got. The fact that they got him for basically, the way I understand it, he's got, they've got him for two years for sure at this, in this contract, and then the third year is up to Jalen if he wants to come back with the Pacers, or maybe they, make, they work out a new contract at that time. Um, but one of the things that came out of that was that he was going to be, he was named the starting power forward, which I think was kind of a weird thing to say, but um, I guess if they, if, if that's, you know, what Carlisle wants to do and he was confident that Jalen Smith is going to, is going to be his power forward, you know, I'm fine with it. I mean, there's not really anybody else that I would say um, the, only, the only, I guess the only guy that would be like Isaiah Jackson, maybe he, you know, it's just weird to kind of, I don't know to say that, but uh, I don't know. There's you could definitely make a case like, you know, with Jalen Smith, um, you know, he was the tenth pick in in Tyrese Halliburton's draft. He's 22 years old. He's got a ton of potential still. And as he as he gets more familiar with the game, gets more minutes. Like he finally got some good run last year at the Pacers. So you think of him this year as being a really impact like a. We, hopefully we see a ton of development this year from Jalen Smith getting, you know, hopefully he gets 25 to 28, 29 minutes a game, especially if he's starting power forward. And if he can hold on to that, that'll say a lot. I would think if he's our, if he's our starting power forward at the end of the season. Um, but I don't know, maybe all this changes if, if, they, if the Pacers end up getting DeAndre Ayton, we'll just have to see. But um, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really high on Isaiah Jackson too. Uh, I, I love the fact that that we were able to bring back Jalen Smith because now you got both Smith and Jackson, and it makes you wonder. You like like who has more upside, uh, Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson? I don't know. That, that's a really really tough question for me to answer. And having both of those guys, it's nice because you know we can we get to see them both. This is going to be such a huge year, I think. Uh, to kind of give us some information on on how to answer that question, if I don't know, it's just going to be really interesting to see see what kind of player that that both of those guys are this year, it, where they can improve. One thing, um, you know, with Jalen Smith is if he can become a really good 
uh, defender and help, you know, secure the, the rebounds and shit. Like one thing that uh, I, I heard that Isaiah Jackson was talking about um, Jalen Smith being back and he was talking about how good of a rebounder he was and just how he, he just, he's a monster on the boards. And then I went back and I was looking at some of his stats from last year with the Pacers and he was, he, he had games of 15, like he averaged, I think eight rebounds in like 22 minutes of action over the time with the Pacers. So he gets after, he gets after on both ends. And as a young player, you know, that's the thing. It's like at 22, uh, we have a lot of, he's still got a ton of potential that we get to see how he, go, how he does next year. So I'm super, super excited about that Jalen Smith signing. That was a home run. And man, so far it just feels like the Pacers are having that type of like amazing off season. And it's, it's like better than what we could have expected. Um, okay, so the other big roster shakeup so far that's happened uh, was the Pacers got rid of Malcolm Brogdon. They were able to find a trading partner with, with the Boston Celtics and traded Brogdon to Boston for uh, Boston's first round pick next year. So you're looking at probably like a 24 to 30th pick in the draft, but it's another first round pick to add to their collection. Um, we still have our own draft pick and then we have Cleveland's draft pick. If Cleveland makes the playoffs, it'll be first round. Um, outside of that first round pick, we got Aaron Neesmith and Daniel Tice, and then three guys that, uh, after today have already just been released. Um, I guess player wise, Let's just let I'm going to keep bringing in DeAndre Ayton because it's like if we bring in DeAndre Ayton and let's just say Miles Turner, it, let's say it ends up being like a sign and trade and Turner's gone and DeAndre Ayton's here. You're looking you're looking at this Pacers team being a fringe playoff team. You, you, I think you want to start competing for the playoffs immediately. And it doesn't mean you're going to get get there, but you have you're kind of starting to lock into guys that you're going to ride with. Um, to climb that mountain. And Daniel Tice could be a nice backup center, especially if we end up losing, um, you know, if, if Miles is gone. He's certainly an upgrade over Goga at this point. I, um, I'm just, you know, if Goga's on the roster, I hope they play him when they can so we can see if there's anything in the tank. But the shift's probably sailed on Goga. And if the Pacers were, were in meaningful games next year, which I hope they are, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if Daniel Tice was you know a backup big that got regular minutes. He's probably a pretty good vet. Um, you know he's been on winning teams. Um, so yeah, uh, the other the other guy that you know is going to make an impact or at least going to be given an opportunity is Aaron Neesmith. So he was actually a lottery pick, the same draft as Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Smith, and I, that was the uh, two thousand. Uh, 20, I think, draft or, tw or yeah, 2020 draft. And uh, so, you know, you got Jalen Smith there at 10, Tyrese Halliburton at 12, and now we have Aaron Neesmith at 14. So with three late lottery guys, um, you know, we got our superstar there. We have our hopefully above average role. Like, I shouldn't even say role player. Hopefully Jalen Smith turns into like an above average starter. Um and then with Neesmith, maybe we're looking at a 
above average role player. And um, so he played one game with the Pacers in, 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 uh, in the summer league. And he looked pretty good. Uh, he's, he's a guy that, you know, he's six foot five. He's kind of that prototypical, hopefully, you know, three and D guy where he's knocking down threes. He's, he's pretty athletic. Um, and hopefully he can just bring it on the defensive end for us. And hopefully he can find a role because he, he, you know, you know, being drafted 14th, he obviously has some potential. I think he's probably the same age. Well, he's obviously probably the same age as Tyrese and Jalen Smith, probably 21, 22. Um, so one of the things with summer league is that uh, at this point in the game, we're three games in, it was announced that uh, Matherin, Isaiah Jackson, and Terry Taylor were no longer going to be playing in any more summer league games. So it got way less interesting. But one thing that is maybe still while I'll end up watching these games is to see how Neesmith plays um, because he should be featured now for the rest of these games, I would think. And uh, hopefully he can look good and strong. Uh, hopefully he looks like a good teammate and, um, you know, starts to buy into the culture and, you know, uh, you know start to join the team. And, and uh, hopefully he's along for the ride. Um, so overall, the Malcolm Brogdon trade, uh, it was, it was good enough. I'll just put it that way. We don't want Brogdon on the team anymore. We didn't want him on the team anymore. It cleared out a bunch of, uh, we saved a bunch of money, uh, getting off that contract. Um, so yeah, it was good. Uh, then, uh, other piece of news, TJ Warren signed a contract with the Brooklyn Nets. So, you know, we're not going to see TJ, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that, but, uh, so basically the only guy left is Miles Turner, you know, kind of from that old era. Um, no more, no more Brogdon, no more Sabonis, no more Karis LeVert, no more TJ Warren. Um, no more Oladipo, obviously. And we still have Turner and it feels like Turner's kind of be the next one gone and it's going to be a complete hard reset. Uh, the only guy that w- would be left, I guess, would be T.J. McConnell, and sounds like he's sounds like sounds like he's all about it. And I think you know McConnell's going to be awesome. I, I love, I love, uh, I think McConnell it would be is going to be an awesome vet, someone who who plays knows his role. And I also think that there's a chance that McConnell has, you know, more in the tank. Like if he develops a three point shot, he's you know, he really moves himself up as far as a, a, a backup point guard in the league, I think. I mean, I think already he's an above-average point backup point guard. You know, he's a little smaller, but, you know, McConnell, he's feisty. He, he gets after it on defense. That's one of his strengths. Uh, so just having a guy that, that's that tough, that hard-nosed uh, as a vet, I think that goes, that, that goes real nice for the Pacers and these young guys. Uh, like, just seeing McConnell and... I think he's going to do it. He's going to help Tyrese just kind of balance out a lot of the, a lot of the different energies going on, on this team. And, uh, I'm pumped for McConnell. I think he's going to have a fun, a good year. I'm I'm excited to have him back. It's Pacers. It's going to be so much fun. It it was, and it's been fun watching him in the summer league too. Just they're flying around. It's alley-oop central. Like it's fast. It's, it's threes. It's just like, it's just a fun brand of basketball to watch right now. And uh, hopefully that carries over. It, you know, it already did. I mean, 
I, I preferred watching the Halliburton team, even though they lost every single game, to watching the Savonis teams. Like, at, especially when it was over, you know, around Christmas that last season. And uh, anyways, uh, here, okay, I want to move into, so that was just some roster moves. Obviously, there's still a ton of stuff that could still happen. I think that guys that could potentially be moved still would be Turner, um, Buddy Heald, and I would have to say Chris Duarte potentially if, if it needed be. Um, those would probably be the three big names I'd look out for still. And then what else? Yeah, I guess just see, we'll see what happens with those three guys. And if we add, if we add any new players, um, so I mentioned that, you know, just looking at the summer league, the Pacers are two and one so far. They've had three games. They looked really, really good to start summer league. The very first uh, game against Charlotte, they, they came out and they got, they jumped up to like a 25 to 11 lead on Charlotte. And the, the team was just rocking and rolling. And uh, that in that game, they were starting Andrew Nemhard, <clears throat> you know, and he, he, he is the, uh, you know, the rookie this year, number 31 overall pick, and Ben Matherin, Chris Duarte, Terry Taylor, and Isaiah Jackson. So with Duarte, Terry Taylor, Jackson, you got a ton of guys that had, or all three of those guys played a, a ton of minutes, you know, in the NBA last year. So experience-wise, you know, we had a huge advantage. And then you have Matherin, who was just, he scored eight points in the first four minutes of the game, just two, two three-pointers and an alley-oop finish. Was, was how he started his career as a pacer in the summer league in the first four minutes. It was just like, oh, yes, this guy is as advertised. You know, he, he and, and, and then just kind of, you know, I'll just jump right into to, to Matherin because of the start he had. And they played three games. You know, he ends up averaging 19 points a game over those three super low minutes, like he's averaging 20, 20, 22 minutes a game. So he's like almost averaging a point a minute. Um, he's getting his shot off whenever he wants. That's to me was like one of the biggest takeaways from watching the summer league was Matherin could owe his ability to create space to get a shot off. Um, he just has it already. Uh, on the last game that I was watching, Rick Carlisle was being interviewed while the game was going on. And he, he said that, uh, he said that Matherin was, you know, already an NBA scorer, uh, you know, so he was showing that in summer league, just being able to get to the hoop. Um, he was giving us highlight plays. He's giving us step back threes. Uh, he, we're getting an off the backboard dunk. He's calling for the ball. He, it was the first game against Charlotte and him and Duarte are in the open court together. And he points up at Duarte, like, throw that shit up, and Duarte abided, and, and toss it off the backboard, and here comes Matherin, you know, powering it down for an off-the-backboard dunk, and it's just like, yes, this Pacers team, we are, like, we are loaded, baby, we are, we've, we've got some, um, we've got some exciting players, and it's like, damn, it's just so nice to see this kind of stuff, you just, you just kind of, just, and it's just so different than how the, the team, the last, era was you know uh and Matherin is just like he's the epitome we had nobody like Matherin before and uh 
you know, he, he also, the thing about him that I noticed, it, it, it just jumps off when you're watching the games, is he plays with an emotion that is, um, you know, it, it, if you're an opposing team, I, you could definitely think this guy's a little, maybe a little too chippy, a little too arrogant, a little too in your face. Um, in the Sacramento Kings game, they had him mic'd up and during the broadcast, you could hear him tell Keegan Murray. So Keegan Murray was the number four overall pick. Matherin was pick sixth. And Matherin is like looking at, at Murray. It's like before the, before the, uh, the, the play starts and Matherin's like with the fourth pick, the Sacramento Kings select key. And then he's like walking away before he finishes it. But, um, I don't know, just like he's talking out there and he's talking to the media. He's talking to everybody. Like he hasn't backed off anything from the guy in the press conference, you know, when the drafts, all the draft stuff just, you know, started heating up saying that he's, you know, he plans on being the best player in the NBA. Like he's walking the talk right now. And he just has this toughness and swaggerness about him that, um, you know, best case scenario, he backs it all up. And, but it leaves you a little, you know, you kind of wonder like, oh shit, what, what does this look like if it's not going good? Um, you know, if, when Matherin has a, you know, a two for 13 start to a game. And I don't know, like what kind of, what kind of teammate is he in those, in those instances? You know, you know, just, just, I'll be interested to see how he responds to, uh, when, when things don't go so easily and, uh, or when there's a player who can actually lock them up. I don't know. It'll just, I, that being said, you know, I'm super, super, super pumped for Matherin and he, he showed everything that I love. Like I would much rather have a player, you know, be too, too arrogant or too flamboyant about his bravado on the court because it's entertaining too. It's like, I want to see that. that. That's fine. And, uh, Matherin's got it. He's, he's got it. He's got the highlights. Um, he's just got the swag. He's, he's wearing double zero. Um, it's going to be fun. Him and Halliburton, I cannot wait to watch these guys play together. And um, it's going to be super exciting. It's going to be super exciting. Um, I thought, I thought Halliburton, or Matherin looked good on defense. Like, nothing, nothing stood out to me. I'm no... I'm no uh, you know, defensive savant, like I don't necessarily, I'm just basically looking to see, was he getting beat very often? And like, I didn't really notice it. Um, so I think that's a good sign. I think he can hang and, and who knows what he can develop into as a defender, especially because there's some things that, um, one thing I heard was that like during the summer league, I guess, training camp. So before they went to Vegas, you know, they had six or seven practices and Matherin was the first one in and the last one out. And, you know, he, he was asked that question and he was just saying, that's what he does. Like he's trying to be the best and, you know, he's working after practice. That, that's what he's doing all the time. And, uh, that's the kind of thing that you want, right? Like you want the work ethic. He's got the physical abilities. He's obviously, he's, he's, he's on his way. I mean, He's hitting a lot of check marks as a, like if he was going to be a superstar, he's, he, 
his trajectory trajectory is still pointed that way if he keeps hitting everything a lot, you know. Um, I don't know, but I think if, if I'm looking at it, his game, the things that were kind of um, negatives that I that I noticed, I, I would say you know just one thing would just be him, his ability, you know, of, of getting a guy off the dribble and getting into the paint, but then finishing in the paint when he doesn't make it to the hoop. I felt like he was a little more, a little uncomfortable in some of those situations. Um, he had like, just, just his style of play is, is very, um, like I'm catching the ball and I'm going to score the ball. He's just a scorer. So like, there's not a lot of uh, passing, getting his other guys involved that you would see. Um, but once again, this is just like super early on. I'm not, I'm not labeling him as that type of player, but I just, you know, was curious, you know, what, what, what that looks like. And, um, he had zero assists in game one. I didn't check the box score on two or three, but I don't remember him being a huge playmaker uh, for, for other guys. And, and maybe he doesn't need to be, right? We've, he's he's going to be paired with Tyrese Halliburton. He's, he's going to be able to just, when he, when he does something with the ball, he's going to have the green light to just score it. That's it. Go with it. Um, and that made me, I got, okay, two more things here on, or a couple, maybe a couple more things here on, on Matherin. I wonder about him and Chris Duarte, and, and if, if this was like a, a TMZ uh, like segment, I'd, like the gossip would be that I, like I'm starting gossip here. Like I wonder what Chris Duarte and Matherin's relationship is like because a couple times they've been brought up when they talk about each other, and one of the things that I noticed was like when Matherin called for that ball off the backboard, Duarte was interviewed after the game, and he was just like, he didn't seem necessarily thrilled with the fact that he he kind of felt like he had to throw it off the backboard or something like I'm reading way too much into it. But that along with there's like this thing about them being the they were both back to back Pac-12 players of the year. And people have asked, like, you know, who's the true Pac player of the year? And they're both like, yeah, it's me. And Torte was saying, like, oh, I, I like whenever we played in college, like our team beat him twice. So it's like case closed. I was, I was the best but I don't know. It's just interesting. And, and just with Matherin's personality type, he's, he's all like, no, he's like, I got, I'm, maybe I need to play him one-on-one. He's like going after Duarte too. So if this was TMZ segment, I'm wondering if there's gossip between Duarte and Matherin. Um, other guys. So one of the, it, before the draft, I remember Matherin being compared to Minnesota Timberwolves shooting guard, Anthony Edwards. Um, and I was curious, like, because Edwards is awesome. He has that same type of mentality and kind of swagger that Matherin goes around with. I, you'd have to say that Anthony has Carl or Carl Anthony Towns, not Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards has it more at this point, maybe. Um, but what kind of rookie season did Anthony Edwards have? Just to kind of paint the picture of like, what what would a season, what would a rookie season for Matherin potentially look like if he's on the the path of Edwards? So. Edwards was obviously sharing the ball with Towns, was getting some touches, and, and I'm assuming D'Angelo Russell was probably still on the team. So I was looking at his stats. He averaged 19 points a game, four and a half rebounds, three assists, one steal, 32 minutes a game. His shooting splits were 41, 32 from three, and 77 from the free throw line. He was getting 17 shots, uh, 17 shots 
per game up and seven of those for three pointers. And he was also getting to the free throw line four times a game. So with Matherin, 17 shots, that is seems reasonable to me. Maybe not if the Pacers end up getting DeAndre Aiden, but if it's just Matherin and Halliburton out there, I would love to see Matherin average 17 shots a game. Seven three-pointers? Sure. I'm good with that. The four free throw attempts, I think Matherin could actually get to the free throw line a little bit more than that. Um, but anyways, that's just a little thing to kind of put in your back pocket and we can kind of check that as the season's going along to see if that Matherin, Anthony Edwards comparison has any, has any legs. Um, I, I don't know what the ceiling is with Matherin. I, I've speculated he could, you know, I, I don't think you could put a ceiling on it. Or I don't think you could put a, put uh, anything over him right now, like to keep him from trajectoring, trajectoring for his trajectory to be up into, you know, all-star, all-NBA type player. There's, he's got a long way to go, but there's best case scenario that could, that's still on the table where it's like, um, you don't feel that way necessarily about some other players who, who have promised like, okay, like, uh, who would be a good player? Actually, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm way out of bounds, like just even saying all NBA and Matherin because of how little we've seen them. But I'm just, I just, you know, I want to, I want to shoot for the moon with this, with this draft pick. And I think Matherin has, you know, Hey, we'll just listen to him. He says he's going to be the best player. So we'll just watch it happen. Um, another guy who looked great and I'm super excited about for next season, Isaiah Jackson, you know, in, uh, in that game one against Charlotte, he had four blocks, 12 rebounds, he hit a three-pointer. He, to me, I think one of the most interesting things, and, and, I, and I looked for this just because I heard him talking about it on an interview, uh, but I saw it in the summer league game, was he'd get a rebound, and rather than just throwing it off to a guard, um, he would definitely do that most times. But on multiple occasions, I saw he gets the rebound and he just starts pushing off the dribble himself. Um, that could be nice, seeing Isaiah Jackson be a little bit more um, more than just block shots, lob finishes, and decent rebounding. Like, let's see him expand that game a little bit more. And so it's good, it's good to see him starting to do that. Knocking down that three, he looked confident doing that. He said he's gained seven pounds this season of just, like, muscle. He's built, you know, he was a pretty skinny guy last year. But he's super young, and I'm super excited about Isaiah Jackson. I mean, that question about who would you, who are you more pumped for, I Isaiah Jackson or Jalen Smith, I don't know. I, I think uh, I'm really excited to see what, what Isaiah Jackson looks like this year. Uh, with the announcement of Smith being the starting power forward, it's probably most likely Isaiah Jackson's going to come off the bench, which I don't think is the end of the world. I mean, he, he takes a little bit of the pressure off of him. He comes in. What he does is going to be magnified coming off the bench because he's going to be so um, – he's a spark plug. And – he had a dunk in this last summer league game against the, uh, who are they playing? Oh, the Pistons, where he's, he's running up the court. He gets an outlet pass. He catches it. He palms it with one hand. He's about at the free throw line when he catches it, takes one step, and then just launches for the rim, slams it down one-handed. It was just like one smooth motion from palming the ball 
out by the free throw line to dunking it where he doesn't dribble. It was just like, this guy is, this guy is, I mean, he, he could be very versatile. I don't know what his game could evolve into. And having two young, versatile wing, or not wings, but big guys like Jackson and Smith, man, that is, that is a luxury for us to have. And it's so different than any of the players we had before. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else about Isaiah Jackson. Um, no, nah, I, that, that, I think that'll do it. Uh, Chris Duarte, he only played in the first game, uh, but he had a good game. You know, he looked very, he looked, he looked great. It was nice to see Duarte play. I, it, it had been a while. I, apparently, he's still got a, a toe issue lingering around or something. Um, so, because he, he only played the one game. I don't, I wonder if that was because of the, the toe or is this just because maybe he just played that one game and they were like, hey, that's good enough. Like, you've already proved enough. Well, yeah, you, you got it. We don't want to risk any, we don't want to risk it with you. Same, same reason why they're cutting off Matherin and Terry Taylor and Isaiah Jackson. Um, maybe that, I hope that was the case. Hopefully it wasn't the injury because, you know, Duarte, as, as impressive as he was as a rookie, um, you know, he, he was honored as making it to the second team all rookie. Uh, so congratulations to him on that achievement. But uh, he missed a lot of games for a lot of different reasons. And... It's just something to keep an eye out for. Hopefully that was just a fluky one season and, and he's going to be a guy that you can depend on because unless he, unless, he has to, unless he has to be part of the reason that we can get DeAndre Ayton or something, if as the team's currently constructed, uh, there's a big role for Chris Duarte next year. He's potentially going to be a starter. I would think he, he most likely would be next to Matherin. Um, but even if he's not and he's coming off the bench, I mean... I, I, that's that's nice too. If you had a if you had a bench, a bench unit that consisted of Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, you know, even call it T.J. McConnell, that's 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 some firepower coming off the bench. And I guess that other that would leave like Buddy Heald is starting, um, which Buddy's a great floor spacer. Him and Matherin, I mean, Buddy could be great. Uh, anyways, uh, Chris Duarte, right? Like so, next season, I, I just I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Hopefully he can take the take a, take another leap at, from first to second year. He's a little older guy, but you know he's still he's not even in his prime yet. He's, I think he's 24, 25. So um, there's just with this whole team, you up and down the roster, you you're just you can just be excited about so much. Uh, it's just a really really fun time. Um, Dwayne Washington Jr. News came out today that the Pacers ended up, you know, waving him or, or doing, releasing him. He's not going to be on the team anymore, but um, he seemed to be a guy that everybody liked. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and he was having a good summer league, I thought, especially that first game against Charlotte. I thought he come in, he came in and off the bench and just brought a ton of energy and was just, like he he he's he's one of the reasons that just that game opened up. I mentioned it was like twenty five to eleven to start. It's like the starters did good, and then Washington came in, and he pushed, the, he pushed it again. Um, anyways, you know, he had a good run with the Pacers, uh, but uh, that, that is over now. Terry Taylor, uh, he, he, he looked good, uh, again, in, in, the, in the summer league. I don't know how much run he's going to get next year. I, I, it just depends if the Pacers are going to be in a direction where they're headed for the playoffs 
I, I still think Terry Taylor is going to get minutes. I, I think that he has an upside. And I'm going to be, I'm going to say this, the body type is probably what is the biggest comparison to me, but he reminds me of like a PJ Tucker in a way that he just kind of uses his body as like a bulldozer and somehow can clear out space. He is a very effective offensive rebounder. I think, you know, coming off your bench, like that's, that's nice. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be featuring Terry Taylor too much, but as a, as a role player, he's nice. I like him. Um, he's still young. I, he still has a ton of potential. I don't know how a ton of a potential. I can't say everybody does, but you know, he's still, he, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't say that he's had his best season so far. Um, there's, there's room to grow there for Terry Taylor. Uh, his ability to guard other people, be physical on defense, and he's good enough on offense. He keeps working on that uh, three-point corner shot and just keeps cleaning up the offensive glass, man. I like Terry Taylor, and he just he showed that he he could do it still uh, in the summer league. He looked good. Um, two rookies, Andrew Nimhard, 31, 31st pick. He looked solid out there. I thought uh, he's going to get to play a lot. I want I want to see him play uh, now without Matherin and those main guys. See a ton of Nimhard. Uh, he looked comfortable when he was playing. He's impactful. I'm thinking for next season, he's our third string back, like third string point guard. That's a great position for him to be in, to uh, to go through his first NBA season, you know, be able to learn from Halliburton and McConnell, and hopefully get some run, you know, um, but not too much. We we want definitely want Halliburton to be to be uh, handling that point guard position the majority of the time, um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, with Andrew Nimhard, I, I think it was a, a pretty good pick. The Pacers were seem, seem to be excited about it, and he looks he looks fine. I think he, I think uh, there were no big red flags, and I thought he had a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of positives when he when he played. So it'll be interesting to see you know how he finishes uh, summer league here, and then the forty eighth pick, Kendall Brown, he's looked good too, and another guy going to be looking forward to seeing him run around with Nimhard and. Uh, the, G, the, the summer league team now. And uh, Kendall Brown has showed us that he is very athletic. He looks awesome in the open floor if he doesn't have the ball. Unfortunately, it feels like he, uh, his handle could use quite a bit of, of work. But, you know, that's just, that's just where he's at. He's a prospect, but he has a ton of potential. He's got the things you can't teach, his ability to get up, his ability to, um, you know, impact the game from the defensive end, just being disruptive and using his athleticism. Um, he's fun. I, I'm excited to see Kendall Brown, how he develops as a player over the next couple of years. Um, hopefully we get to see him with the, with this team. Like if the Pacers end up not getting Aiton and we just go full young, then I hope to see Kendall Brown get quite a bit of run. And, and he might get it anyways, just because of how much the Pacers lack depth at that position of small forward and he's really kind of one of the only guys on the team that ideally fits that uh small forward position so he might get minutes there just because of the need at the position um and then the other guy I wanted to shout out at the summer league that I, that really impressed me was um assistant coach but head coach of the summer league team Ronald Norred the dude um really enjoyed listening to his interviews I like and he seems to have, uh, have like, I know it's the summer league and I, I'm not even sure who the, the Pacers coaches have been in the past. It's probably just recency bias and just because I just watched this, but like that team seemed to really 
uh, buy into the team culture of whatever he had set. And, and, and I know one of his main focuses was defense and they had a lot of, they, they, the defense looked active to say the least. Like they, they got after it on defense. They got into teams. Um, and I just think that, you know, you got to give some of the credit, if not, you know, how much credit do you give? I don't know, but to the coach for, for teaching that in practice and making that a priority and keeping it and then actually having the team execute uh, the desires of the coach is a, is a huge, um, you know, perk to him. I liked in the first game against Charlotte. So like the Pacers dominated the entire game. And then he took the start. He took the starters out, you know, in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. And Charlotte started getting back into it and they got it down to like 11 or 13 or 14 points. And um, there was like four minutes left in the game. And so Norad calls a timeout, puts in the, puts in the starters and lets them finish the game. And I thought that was awesome because it's like there was so much good energy going on in that first game. It would have been a huge bummer to watch the scrubs, you know, just toss, like, yuck it up the last four minutes of the game and, and end up, you know, losing the game or, or, or walking away with just like a five-point win whenever it should have been a 20-point win, you know? I, so I, I appreciated the fact that he put those guys back in and uh, let them finish out the game. I forget which where I heard this, but one of the broadcasts, they were talking about Norred and somebody mentioned that, you know, he's going to be a future head coach one day. Um, he's 32 years old. You know, he's young. He's, he's learning under Rick Carlisle. Um, and yeah, I've always liked him. Like I, I, and it just list, I haven't heard him talk that much, but listening to him, you know, describe, you know, what's going on with the summer league team. He has a really good handle on it. And, um, he, uh, yeah, I like, I like Norad. So shout out to him too. That was, a, I, I, I think it's good. Hopefully the Pacers can keep it together here. I'd love to see them do well and win, you know, not just lose the last couple of games because they don't have, you know, Matherin and Jackson and Taylor, but I like to see these young guys step up and play the system that, that Norad has in place and, and, uh, get a win. So I wonder if Dwayne Washington will still be on the team. I, I probably not actually, but. Who knows? He's in Vegas. Um, okay. Uh, I think that is, that's what I had about summer league. We're just going to have to see about Deandre Ayton. I mean, it's crazy to see that headline Pacers, you know, that he signed it. He signed the offer sheet. If we get, if we get Deandre Ayton, I mean, it's just like full speed ahead on this, uh, on this team. It changes everything. Um, good or bad. That's, uh, that's for us to see, you know, down the road here. Um, Cool. Uh, okay. Last thing I wanted to mention was I started using this app called fountain app. It's a podcasting app. If you listen to podcasts on like Apple or Spotify, you could consider using this app called fountain. One thing that I like about it, as you listen to a podcast, you earn sats. Sats are fractions of Bitcoin. And, um, it's cool to just be listening to podcasts that you'd be listening to anyways and just be getting um, sats. And so, you know, you never know. It's just something to think about if uh, if you want to earn a little money while you do something that you uh, already do. I've already earned 50 cents worth of sats and I just got the app like two weeks ago. So, you know, not bad. And if you're a Bitcoin believer, sats one day could be worth way more money. So who knows what that 50 cents actually is worth 10 years from now. I digress. Fountain app and um, 
that is not like a sponsor or anything. That's just something that I think is cool. I don't have any sponsors. <laughs> if that needed to be said. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways, good time to be a Pacer fan. And uh, we'll catch up later. <laughs>